So on the topic of being fast-paced, hurried, moving, and rushing through things, there's probably something we all have in common in regards to hurry and rushing, is I'm sure we have at some point in life, some of you it probably happened this morning, that in the midst of rushing out the door and hurrying out the door, you have probably forgotten something at some point. Parents, we could say it like this, you've probably forgotten someone at some point because you were rushing out the door. If you're like me, you kind of do like the, the, the pocket pat down as you're rushing out the door. You're like wallet, phone, keys. And then once you add kids to the mix, you get in the minivan and you do pocket, phone, keys. One, two, you're counting in the rear view mirror. One, two, three, okay, we're good. And then you can head off. But when we hurry, when we rush, we tend to forget things because we're so hurried. You know, I've never said this in my entire life. Maybe this is just me, but I have never said, oh man, I forgot my phone because I was walking so slowly out the door to leave today. I've never said that. It's always been, oh no, I forgot because I was in a hurry. I forgot because I was moving quickly. I was rushing out the door. My wife and I experienced this very, in, a, in a very real way this last week, just a, a few days ago, in fact. Um, so we were in a hurry, like most of our days, it feels like. And so she's with me. I'm driving in our minivan, and I start backing out of our driveway. And we had a place we had to be at. Time was a pretty big deal on this one. And I looked down, and let me show you what the, the dashboard was showing me when I started backing out of my driveway. So here's what it looked like. And let me point out just a few things here. All right, so first of all, you'll notice there's a light that's on. There's a light that's on. And anytime a light is on in your car, on your dashboard, like that should get you to pause long enough to say something's not right. So I see the light on and I stop and I'm like, well, let me figure out what this light means. And you notice that light is right next to the gas gauge. And so I notice that the needle of that gas gauge is not close to empty. It's not even on empty. It is sitting on the E for empty. And then I look up at the dashboard that tells me, my car in fact, is telling me, Brian, you only have four miles until you run out of gas. <laughs> just heads up. I'm like, that should be bigger than just this little, by the way, four miles until you run out of gas. Like, no, hey. So my wife is sitting next to me and I stopped the car. I'm like, babe, why, what, what, what happened to four miles? Why didn't you get gas yesterday? And she said, and this is not a cliche thing. Like this was true. Like she had a crazy, crazy week. She's like, well, I was really rushed. I was in a hurry. We had a lot to do transporting kids to every different way. And I said, yeah, okay, but we're in a hurry now. And now we've got to hopefully make it to the gas station. So I got upset because I'm in a hurry and because she was in a hurry the day before, wasn't able to get gas, so that messed her up. But now that we're in a hurry again, it messed us up again. You can see how hurry causes so much tension and friction within just life, but especially within a relationship. I'm pleased to tell you that we did make it to the Kroger gas station with like a mile left to go. And she's like, see, I told you it would be fine. That's another sermon we'll talk about at some point. <laughs> whole nother topic. The point is stop rushing and stop hurrying. So that's what you need to focus on. But we do that, don't we? We tend to forget things. We tend to create conflict and tension all because of that one word, hurry. Dallas Willard, he wrote this about hurry and in fact has written a lot on this subject. 
One of his famous quotes is this, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And in fact, a book's been written called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry based on a lot of his, a lot of his topics. That's not just a, a snazzy quote. Like, let me tell you why that's true and how that is true. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Some of you will be pretty familiar with this. It's known as the fruit of the Spirit. We're told that the Holy Spirit produces this kinds of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, as you're looking at that list, and again, that's a list of things that God, through the Holy Spirit, produces in us. It's not just something we do, it's who we are becoming. We are becoming, as the Holy Spirit works in us, we're becoming loving, we're becoming joyful, we're becoming patient. Sometimes some of us, we're working on it, it's a work in progress. We're becoming self-controlled, becoming gentle. You go through the whole list. Those are aspects of our character, not just things we do sometimes. And so here's why I point that out. And here's why Dallas Willard was saying it's important that we remove, we ruthlessly eliminate, remove hurry from our lives. Because those cannot happen if you're hurried. I mean, even just patience, like that's the obvious one. You cannot grow in patience and become a patient person if you're always hurried. Same thing with love. You cannot truly show love and be loving if you're constantly rushing from one thing to the next. Self-controlled. That is something that takes a lot of work and effort and the work of God through the Holy Spirit in your life. And that cannot just happen overnight. You could go through each and every one of those of what God desires us to become, who he desires us to become. And those cannot happen if we are hurried and rushing constantly through life. Here's another way to think of it. When we are fast paced, the focus is all on what we get done. Checking things off the to-do list, making sure that everything happens on our timetable. Fast paced focuses on what we get done. A slow pace focuses on who we are to become. You notice the difference there. Not if you understand the difference there. Some of you, let me explain it one more time. So fast pace is all about checking the boxes. A slow pace is about character. It's about heart. It's who we are becoming. And more specifically for us this morning is who God desires us to be and who he is trying to help us grow into and who he desires us to become. So the story we're going to look at this morning, uh, we're going to see Jesus model this extremely well, extremely well. Luke chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 40. If you don't have a Bible, man, let us give you one right outside uh, where you get your coffee, where the cafe coffee area is. It's a stack of Bibles. That's free. Make sure you grab a Bible. That's yours to hold on to. Bring it with you next week because I love for you to be able to look at it in context, write in it, and even read it throughout the week. It's pretty helpful. Um, but here's what's happening in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, Jesus, and we see this a lot in the Gospels, he's moving, he's traveling from one point to the other. He's traveling, and what we tend to find and what we tend to read in Scripture is that Jesus' miracles and even a lot of his teachings happen in between point A and B. So a lot of times it's Jesus was going from this town to that town, and on the way, something happened. It's Jesus was going from this place to that place, and this opportunity came up. And that's where we get the stories of the healings. That's where we get the stories of the miracles. That's where we get the stories of even a lot of his teachings are him moving from this point 
to the other. So it's happening in the in-between, not, oh, I reached my destination. Now, we actually looked at this story earlier on in the year, but we focused on a specific character here in the passage. We're going to focus today on the pace of Jesus. So as we read through it, pay attention to how slow Jesus moved. And because he moved slowly, notice what was able to happen because of his slow pace. So here's the story. Again, pay attention to the pace of Jesus. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 40. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. Why? Verse 42. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. Now, if there's any point that we would say, man, this is urgent, this is an emergency, this is what you hurry for and towards, this would be that example where Jesus meets this entire crowd, this massive crowd, and one individual, Jairus, comes over to Jesus, falls at his feet, and is pleading with him. Dads, you can understand what this could feel like. But you could all imagine what it would be like to put yourself in Jairus' shoes and having your own daughter, your only daughter, dying, and Jesus is your only hope. Jesus is the only one that can do anything about it. And so you plead, Jesus, please come and heal my daughter. I know you can, but would you, and would you hurry? (laughs) We would all have that sense of urgency. We can even feel that tension reading the story of Jesus, you're needed, and we need you to hurry. So here's what happens next. As Jesus went with them, Jesus, of course, agreed to go with the man. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus is such a sneaky thing to do, which is kind of funny. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. So a miracle happened, like immediately, without Jesus ever having to stop, without Jesus ever having to slow down. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, and this woman sneaks up behind him and just touches the edge of his robe, and we're told is immediately healed which is great. Like, that's an incredible miracle. Oftentimes in the, in the miracles and healings of Jesus, we see that Jesus stops, that Jesus interacts with these people, that they're even asked, Jesus, would you heal me? And Jesus has an interaction with them. With him. Right here in this story, Jesus doesn't do any of that. This woman's faith, she goes and just touches his robe, healed, miracle. Now Jesus can keep moving on, Right? that Jesus could keep going to where he is most needed. That's what we might expect, but that's not what happened. Verse 45, just as this woman comes up, touches the edge of his clothes. Again, they're surrounded by this massive crowd. She gets immediately healed. Look at what Jesus does. Verse 45, who touched me? Jesus asked. I love Peter's response here. Peter responded, everyone denied it. And Peter said, "Um, master, This whole crowd is pressing up against you. In other words, Jesus, everybody is touching everybody right now. You can't ask who touched you. Like everybody, the answer is everybody's touching you because we're all crammed in here. It's a tight crowd. You can't stop and ask that question. But Jesus kept pressing in, verse 46. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me for I felt, that's important, we're gonna come back to it, For I felt healing power go out from me. 
When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. And here's Jesus's response back. Verse 48, daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, the story technically doesn't end there. That's where we're going to stop for this morning because we're focusing on Jesus' pace. Keep reading. It'd be great for you to read the rest of the story. Finish reading chapter 8 this week. You'll see Jesus get to Jairus' house. Everybody thinks she died because Jesus wasn't fast enough. It's a whole story. It's great to finish out, but that's for you on your own time, not for this morning. But in this part of the story, you can feel the tension, can't you, of Jairus needing Jesus because his daughter is dying and this woman needing Jesus because she's been suffering for 12 years. Now, we might not be in that same situation, but we constantly feel the, te feel the tension of this person needs me and they say it's urgent. This person needs me and they say it's urgent. See, we walk through our day and we walk through our lives constantly being pulled by what people need from us and of us. And Jesus feels that tension as well. He's on his way to Jairus' house, and then he's pulled back into somebody else's problem. You're on your way to get something done, to get from point A to point B, and then you're interrupted. Somebody else comes along. Something else happens where you're needed. And there's that tension there where, at least how I feel the tension, is Jesus, hurry up so you can do both. Jesus, hurry up so that you can move on to Jairus' house. Jesus, hurry up because this woman's already healed. She's already better. Jairus' daughter is dying and time is of the essence. So Jesus, why are you stopping? Jesus, why are you slowing down? Jesus, hurry up, run to Jairus' house. That's what I feel, the tension that I would feel. Maybe you relate to that. This woman's already healed. So Jesus, can you hurry up and go to the... Go to the person who needs you most right now. We would say, hurry up. Jesus does the exact opposite, doesn't he? Right? The moment this woman is healed, he slows down and even stops. Now, this is important, so don't miss this part. Because we're actually going to learn more, not just about the miracle and what Jesus can do. We're going to learn about the heart of Jesus here. So this would be the character of Jesus. Let me say it this way. If Jesus only cared about fixing this woman's problem. If Jesus only cared about the physical healing of this woman, he had no reason to slow down and stop because it was already done. The miracle, the healing was actually really fast. We're told this, that immediately, she, as soon as she had touched his robe, she was immediately healed. So if the problem is solved, if the, the issue is now fixed, that tells us that Jesus cares more than just the problem. He cares more about this woman than just her physical needs. That tells us so much about the heart of Jesus, where yes, he wants to help us. And yes, he wants to, of course, save us. That's why he went to the cross. But he wants to be with you. It's not just about being your problem solver. It's not just about fixing your issues. He wants to be with you. That's what love looks like. More specifically, that's what compassion looks like. And compassion cannot be quick. Compassion cannot be rushed. It cannot be hurried. 
Because that's what Jesus is really doing here. Again, the woman was already healed. Physical healing happened. There was a miracle that immediately happened, but then he stops and slows down afterwards. And now he begins to care for her as a person, not just with a problem. That's compassion. Compassion cannot be quick. That's a great picture of the kind of love that Jesus not just had for this woman, but the kind of love that Jesus has for you as well as for me. Compassion cannot be quick. There's an article uh, that was written by a man named Frank Powell, and he was talking about this similar idea of fast pace, slow pace, and how it relates to our relationships spiritually and in the relationships around us. And I want to read just a portion of what he wrote. He said that relationships can only thrive under carefree timelessness. I love that language. Relationships can only thrive under carefree timelessness. And this is something hurried people do not have. The more you increase the speed of your life, the less capacity you have to love others. Let me read that last part again. The more you increase the speed of your life, the less capacity you have to love others. And we know that to be true, that the faster we go through life, the less time we have for the people around us. That the quicker we move through our day, the less time we have to take care of the people that are around us. Spouses, we see this often where we have so much to do and we're moving so quickly. We move at the speed of light to make sure that all the kids get taken to where they need to go and this happens and dinner happens and all the things. But what happens? We just pass by each other. And at some point, we end up becoming roommates instead of spouses because we just move so quick and we don't have the capacity to dig into that relationship. We don't have the capacity to care for one another. We don't have the capacity to show compassion and true love because we move so fast. One of the things that Becky and I try to do, we do not do this as often as we should do, so like, don't put me on this high pedestal here. We do our best, but we do not do this often, as, as often as we should. But we walk after dinner periodically. All right? So we finish eating, and then we just go for a walk. And the purpose of that walk is not for our health whatsoever. It is not like a fast-paced walk. This is a slow walk around the neighborhood. So that we can do one thing, talk. We can talk without interruptions. We can talk about our day. We can talk about what's going on. We can talk about what we're doing the next days. We, we can talk about whatever we want to and need to talk about. And the whole point is to walk slowly so that we can talk deeply. Now, I do love to run. Like, I'm one of those weird people that enjoys running. I do it for fun. I've run several half marathons before. And I'm telling you, if Becky and I were to run together, there would be no talking. <laughs> it would just be running and panting is all that would happen. But that's not the purpose of our walk. By definition, running actually is intended to have a point A and a point B. And the goal is to get to point B as fast as you possibly can. When you run a race, you move as quickly as you can, as fast as humanly possible to get to that finish line. It's all about just getting to the end as fast as possible. When we walk, we aim to go as slow as possible because as soon as we get back home, we're thrown back into the real world again. So we'll do the loop around our neighborhood. Say, How about we go one more time? Sure. And so we walk around one more time. Oh, the kids are still fine. Let's do one more loop. And we make sure as best as we possibly can that that walk is a long walk. 
a slow walk so that we can talk and actually build into one another because the passing by happens. And if we're not careful, the pace of our life will impact the depth of our relationships, spiritually speaking, speaking between you and God, but also between you and the people that God has placed around you as well. See, we can see that point A and point B as a, I just have to finish it. I just have to get from this part of my day to that part of my day. And we all wake up with this. We all wake up. You woke up this morning, point A, the start of your day. And point B is the end of your day. And so often we wake up, we get ready, and we say, all right, the goal for today is to get to the end of my day as fast as possible. The goal for me is to get from point A to point B as fast as humanly possible. So we rush through our day, we rush through our schedules, we rush through our to-do list just so we can get it all done. We make it to point B, we go to bed, we wake up, and we do the exact same thing. All right, starting point, and then there's the end. As fast as I can get to it, let's go but we miss the in-between. So what I want to suggest based on what we just read, the story of Jesus and his pace, that we all have a point A, we all have a point B, but maybe God wants to do something with you and through you in between A and B. That's where you interact with people, and that's where relationships are grown and developed and get to go a little bit deeper. That's where God can use you. All those fruits of the Spirit we read earlier, that's where God can use you to be loving, and patient, and joyful, and kind, full of goodness, and kindness, and gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. A lot of those happen in between, in between A and B. So instead of just rushing through, what if we slowed down and see what God would want to do in between A and B? Because that's what Jesus showed us. This story is an incredible picture of the right pace Jesus gave us a perfect example. And as we go through, I'm going to pull out just a few observations based on Jesus's pace here that I think will be very helpful. I want you to be thinking of, of Jesus's pace and the application in two ways. The first, what does this look like in my relationship with God? Where do I need to slow down in my relationship with God? But secondly, with other people. In fact, I'm even praying that God through his Holy Spirit would start to put a name on your heart as we talk through this. Who needs you to slow down for them? This woman needed Jesus to slow down for her. Who is that in your life? That you are just going from A to B as fast as possible, but somebody in your life needs you to slow down a little bit for them. And I pray that God would put that name on your heart. So let me point out just a few things that we see through Jesus's pace in this story. The first one is slow down and pay attention. Slow down and pay attention what Jesus, the reason Jesus stopped is because he felt something. He tells us, he said, someone deliberately touched me for I felt healing power go out for me. He felt something more specifically, he felt someone. And if he was running to Jairus's house, there's no way he would have felt something, right? We said that earlier, that when we just pass by each other, we don't have that capacity. I would go further and say that hurry actually numbs us. The faster pace we move, the quicker we go through our day, the faster we move through our relationships, the more numb we become. Here's why I think that's true. So every now and then I'll actually dare to open the news and see what terrible things are going on in the world today. And as I do that, right, I open up the app and you start scrolling. Like this, this is true where the things, most likely the things on that news feed are pretty terrible things. Like 
horrific things that are happening around the world. But our response to that, because we move so quick, has become a lot more numb. So, I mean, I'll own this one. I'll read through, it's like, oh, man, that's a terrible crisis. All right, that's the next one. A horrible, okay. Oh, man, glad that's not me, right? I mean, it's it's a little convicting, but it's kind of true. We can move through things so fast where we no longer feel it as much as we used to. The faster we move, the more numb we become in our relationships and obviously to the people around us. So Jesus was going slow enough that he could pay attention to the people around him so that when this one person, this one woman in a massive crowd touched him, he felt it. He said, hang on, I felt something that I need to stop for. If you're not moving slowly, you will not be able to recognize it and you will miss things. You will more importantly miss people. It's not about just forgetting your wallet on your way out the door. When we move too fast, we move past people. And Jesus stopped specifically for this woman because he wanted to pay attention to her. Please don't miss that. Again, it's not about the miracle. It's not about the healing. He stopped and slowed down so that he could know her, see her, look her in the eye, talk with her, heal, not just heal her, but hear from her. He took and and he invested and desired to lean into that relationship and to know her more than just somebody that touched him and got healed on the way. So slow down and pay attention. The second thing I would say is slow down and take your time. Take your time. So often it's, okay, cut to the chase. Like, what do you need? (laughs) So what Jesus starts with is a question, which is a great way for us to slow down and take our time. Jesus said, who touched me? And then Peter's smart aleck response, everybody's touching you, Jesus. It's a crowd. What'd you expect? Jesus follows up. Someone deliberately touched me for I felt healing power go out of me. Now, this is the interesting part why I say take your time. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden. So in other words, she didn't like immediately, oh, that was me. That was me, Jesus. No, he slowed down, stopped. Somebody touched me. And this woman's like, oh, he knows no way. I mean, and so she starts hiding behind the rest of the crowd. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying put. I'll wait. And he waits. And he waits. <laughs> and he waits. Until this woman finally gets the courage to come to Jesus. He took his time. Now, real quick, pause for a second, because that sounds awesome, unless you're Jairus the dad whose daughter is dying. Jesus, why are you waiting? You asked who touched you. Everybody touched you. No one's come forward. Can we please move on? He said, no, I'm going to keep waiting. See, when you take your time, do you know what's going to happen to you? Is there's always going to be something or someone else that's trying to get you to speed it up. Come on, let's go a little faster. Come on, hurry up. Okay, it's not working. You, You tried. You gave it your best. Now keep going. Jesus took his time, stayed put until this woman finally came forward. And notice what she did when she came forward. She was trembling. She fell in front of Jesus. And then she explained what had happened. She'd been suffering for 12 years. I'll tell you, this probably was not a short story. This was probably a long story. With tears in her eyes, heartfelt, she probably told him the whole thing. 
he took his time with her. Can I encourage you, parents especially, let me just talk to you for a second. Take your time. There's always something in someone that's going to try to get you to go on to the next thing as soon as possible. Take your time, especially with your kids. Build into that relationship because your ability to love your kids is impacted by the pace of which you live your life. The faster pace, the less capacity to love and to show compassion and to care. So take your time. Real quick, notice how Jesus did that. He started with a question. Great way, great model for us, an example for us to follow. Because if you ask a question, you have to wait for a response. And now you have a dialogue, and that's a great way to develop a relationship and to grow deeper into a relationship. He doesn't just say it. He starts with a question, which is a great way to take your time. Here's the last thing that we see from Jesus. Slow down and be present. Slow down and be present. Now, that's a pretty common phrase, the idea of be in the moment, be present. But Jesus models it really well, really well where we really don't model this very well. We like the idea of being present, but then our mind is going 100 miles an hour on other things. We try to multitask as well. That's kind of how we excuse it. But it's can I be in the moment? Can I stay focused here? Because again, understand the, the chaotic scene. After this woman finishes telling her story, there's still a massive crowd around. Jairus is still over here like, okay, you heard the story. You met her. You talked with her. Please, let's go. And Jesus says two sentences to her. And these two sentences are specifically for her. Jesus could have said these two sentences to anybody else in the crowd, and it wouldn't have meant as much as it meant to her. His two sentences, and he begins with this word, daughter specifically for her, in the moment, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This woman had not had peace for 12 years. And he took his time because he paid attention and he stayed locked on her, put out all the other distractions, all the other things that he could have been thinking about or moving towards, he put everything else out, out of his mind, and he focused on her, and he spoke those words to her. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. We read those two sentences, and it's maybe meaningful, nowhere near as deep and meaningful as it would have been for her to hear those words from Jesus. That's what she needed in that moment. And Jesus made sure that he was present enough in the moment to be exactly who she needed him to be, to say exactly what she needed to hear. Not multitasking, not here, let's walk and talk. We're gonna go to Jairus' house, he's got another thing going, let's walk and talk. No, no, no. He was right there with her and he was very present. It's a season of obviously of, of us trying to give to one another, to love other people, care, compassion, love, joy, peace, the whole thing. I mean, that's the holiday season. In the mindfulness of that, let me give this suggestion, that sometimes the most loving and compassionate thing that you can do for someone else is giving them this gift, your unhurried time and attention. That's it. Your unhurried time and attention, where you slow down long enough to pay attention, where you actually feel something. You feel for the people around you, not just trying to blow by. You're in my way. You're an inconvenience. Slow down and pay attention so you can feel the people around you. Slow down and take your time. It's okay to wait, and it's okay for other people to wait. Slow down and be in the moment and be present. And you can give that gift 
of your unhurried time and attention to the people that you love, the people that you care about, the people that God's put in your way. Opportunities between A and between B, all of that space in between can be used for love and compassion. So let me give you hopefully a way to to really start your point A, the start of your day off well. Here's a prayer. If you want to take a picture of this on the screen, you probably won't have time to write it down fast enough, but I'll try to go a little slow for you since that's kind of what we're talking about. Uh, Pete Scazzaro, he wrote this prayer in regards to trying to be less hurried, and it begins with a prayer, which I would agree with. His prayer is this, and I would make this your own. Lord, grant me the grace to do one thing at a time today without rushing or hurrying. Help me to savor the sacred in all I do, be it large or small. By the Holy Spirit within me, empower me to pause today as I move from one activity to the next. Man, I love that prayer. Help me slow down so that I'm focused on the people that I need to focus on. Help me to slow down so that I can pay attention. Help me to slow down so I can take my time and dig deep into the relationships that I care most about. To slow down just so that I can be present and I can be there with people. I don't think God is very impressed with our fast-paced living. We carry it around like a badge of honor, like, man, look at all that I did today. Look how little I slept. Look at all that I got done. And God's like, man, you are just blowing through A to B. Do you know how many people you missed in between? Do you know how many opportunities you blew by because you were just trying to finish strong? If we walk a little slower, if we move a little slower, we will have more opportunities, more capacity for love and compassion in our relationship with God, but also the relationships that we truly do care about here as well on earth. In other words, it's loving like Jesus loved. He even gives us this command, John chapter 15, verse 12. Jesus' words. He's talking to his disciples, but we can apply this in our lives as well. He says, this is my commandment. Love each other, but notice this part, in the same way I have loved you. Love one another like I have loved you. Slowly, intentionally, purposefully, sacrificially. He goes on to explain it. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. No, now you are my friends. Since I've told you everything, the Father has told me. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. We can't love each other if we move too fast. So may we slow down so that we can have love and compassion on the people around us, but also in our relationship with God. Because that's the kind of love that God has shown us. It's the kind of love he showed this woman. Again, it was not about the healing. It was not about fixing a problem. It was about the relationship, the conversation. It was about the woman. So yes, the healing was pretty quick. But Jesus took his time with her, just like he wants to take time with you. If you'll close your eyes with me, we're going to take that moment for you to have a a little quiet, slow moment between you and the Lord. And I would encourage you to be asking through this prayer time, what's my next step? What does that look like? Are there problems that you're needing Jesus to help you with? Ask him. Are there other relationships that are strained because of your speed and pace of life? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to 
help direct you in slowing down? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? The answer is no, that's where you start. The love that he has for you is the love that sent him to the cross to die for our sins, to raise from the grave so that we are both freed from sin and death in this life and also for all of eternity. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for how you give us a great example through your son, Jesus, a perfect example through Jesus. And I would pray that we would follow in his footsteps, that we would move a little slower so that we can see the people that you've placed around us, that we can move a little slower so that we can love and show compassion on the people around us because that's the love that you've shown us. It's not just about fixing problems. No, you are about us in a deep relationship. So may we slow down and lean in because the love that you give us is beyond our understanding. The love that you give us is never ending. The love that you give us is always pursuing us. So thank you for that kind of love. May we slow down enough to show that to others. In Jesus' name, amen.